Hello, welcome to Pod Songs. I'm Jack Stafford, and I interview inspiring people from all around the world who are in service to others as inspiration for a brand new song. Today, we're going to talk about posture. So make sure you're sitting up straight. I've got a real expert. She's developed her own revolutionary approach that helps people achieve better health through better structure. It's a systematic approach to pain-free living. She's sold over 200,000 copies of her books, translated into 10 languages. She's now training teachers around the world to continue the work she started. Let's give a big welcome to Esther Gokhale. exciting i've never had a request like this come in that's very cool oh well, it's very nice of you to say i'm sure you've had many interesting requests so uh... that's true all sorts but never someone who's gonna so tell me what it is tell me what you're going to be doing you make well i i oh, wait, i interview i interview just like a normal podcast interview and then i write i go away with the inspiration and i write a song about it how cool <laughs> well, it's up to you to be inspiring, but I, I know you will be, so there's no worry there. With I, such good I, source remind material. Remind me how you discovered me. Or well, you're, you're quite famous in the, uh, in the postural. I had back pain before, and I you know YouTube and things like that, you know, the, the primal spine, the, the J spine, and the, yeah, TED Talks, and, you know, it's a... You've, you've had millions of views, so yeah, I'm just one of many. <laughs> All right, please proceed. Great. All right, well, let's get started then. I, I, I've, you know, normally I spend, I worry about, you know, 10 minutes setting up my microphone and uh, my recording, but this time I've been spending 10 minutes just trying to sit up straight for you, you know, so, because <laughs> I feel under pressure here. I mean, <laughs> I know you, I'm being observed. Well, you're succeeding, being very upright. So yeah, but I'm not sure how much, how long I can hold this. <laughs> well, if that's the, if that's what's happening, you don't want to hold. You want to re- be up, relaxed, upright, and relaxed. Exactly. That's I. I saw some many of your videos, and you say that it's because a lot of people um, they're straining to sit up straight, but it should just should just come naturally, no? Yeah, and that's a question of putting the building blocks in a good stack. And then you can be upright and relaxed instead of upright and tense or relaxed and slumped. Those are the two yes. you don't want, the two combos. So how did you get into all of this? How, how did you, you had back problems, obviously, because that's what drives at everyone. The hard, at it the hard way. So a severe back problem, an L5 S1 disc herniation happened mm. in my ninth month of pregnancy, my first pregnancy. Wow. And then it, after the baby was born, I became increasingly debilitated. Couldn't carry her at some point, couldn't carry a cooking pot, couldn't sleep through the night without severe back spasms, had to walk around the block every two hours to work out back spasms, and I could get to sleep again. It was not workable. How terrible, how terrible. Yeah. So so what happened then? How did you, who cured you? So I was, first of all, I did all the conventional things and the alternative things, and I wasn't getting better. And then I... um, discovered a French technique. It's a woman called Noelle Perez, who has a technique that teaches you to emulate people from other cultures who don't have back problems. So that idea was very, very pivotal. That that landed. So simple, yeah. Go ahead. Such a such a simple idea, yeah. Yeah, that there are people in the world who who conduct their bodies well. And that idea made a lot of sense. It resonated with my, the upbringing, my Dutch mother. (laughs) (laughs) My Dutch mother, living married to my Indian father, raising four children in India. 
was an Indophile, and she would expose us to village culture and tribal culture and, you know, the family holidays were always spent in interesting ways. And she would regularly point out how functional poor people were. You know, that's how she mm-hmm. thought of them. You know, people who lived cl- close to the earth. They had beautiful white teeth, like a keyboard, didn't need orthodontia. All of us children did. And they had really flexible bodies. The sweeper who cleaned our home, could sit on our haunches for hours without any problem. The fruit sellers who came to our doors selling their wares didn't have any problems and were carrying these heavy loads for hours and hours. So she saw that and remarked on that. So that was already in my nether brain. And then Noel Perez um, worked in that made similar observations with the musculoskeletal system. And her background was in yoga. And so that was my first foray into studying other cultures for inspiration in how to be functional and pain-free and energetic and lots of things, it turns out. Were you living in France at that time or...? Pardon me? Were you li- where, where were you living at that time? Um, California. Oh, gosh. But I did a lot of travel okay. my, all through my life. Yeah, no, I was going to say, you've been all over the world. So. I have. been very yes. fortunate. So as a child on vacations and then as an adult to observe cultures okay. where, who still have very functional musculoskeletal systems so so once you um once you found that this worked for you you're the proof you know you you obviously felt this this passion to because i mean how many how many people suffer with back pain and i yeah it's a horrible trajectory because i ended up having one surgery a year later having problems the same problem recur and then being offered another surgery and here I am in my mid twenties and it's not looking good at all. It's a very bleak outlook because you weaken Mm. the structures, the muscular attachments are kind of carved away and then they carve the bone to get to the area. And then if you, you know, then the usual trajectory is after multiple back surgeries. Now you're looking at a fusion and the results are not good. And so, no, no. and that happened to me very early. And so I was in, in big trouble. And instead, by doing all the things that I've written in my book, stack sitting and stretch sitting and stretch lying and glide walking and hip hinging and, you know, doing all these life exercises, modifying the way I do life. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I'm very, I'm going to be 60 in two weeks and I've had no problems at all with my body. You know? Gosh. So from going from from back surgery to to pain free living with just through 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 the through your the, the, what you developed is the go clay method. Yeah, and I mean, so what incredible. I, what I what I take credit for is developing a pathway to get modern Western industrialized populations or people from those kind of populations from where they are to where they want to go in a very efficient and a smooth path. Like you don't have to go through aches and pains and work through the pain or it's very streamlined and there are goodies all along the way. <laughs> so that is that what makes your the different to other methods of, of treating back pain? Is that what's... Um, uh, does, is, is what that-, that makes it different? That it's efficient or... No, the main thing is that it works well. That's what's different. (laughs) Most things for back pain don't work well. No. Uh, Even yoga and things like that. I mean, there's a crowdsourcing website I can share with you that describes 47 
um, interventions. Oh, you have to make me a host for me to be able to share. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not sharing video and this okay. is just an audio yeah, podcast. So. you to see. Yeah. Um, I, I'll put it in the, in the show uh, notes. I can so. give you a, um, a link to it. And it's, it's a crowdsourcing website. So the person who owns the website put a few million dollars into um, asking people on the internet, have you had, what have you tried for back pain? Share your experience, learn from others. Very simple mm-hmm. ad. And he got a lot of data and Stanford studied the website and validated the data. And the findings were that, and they were published in a paper, is crowdsourcing the new face of evidence-based medicine. Wow. And the short answer was yes, because you get a huge amount of data for a fraction of the cost. The results are very similar to randomized controlled trials. And there are a few things that show up here that nobody knows about, like posture and the GoPlay method. Yes, because posture, I mean, you, I see some people with such terrible posture, and I can only imagine what's going on inside. They're compressing all their organs. Um, you know, how can you digest? How can you even breathe sitting like this? So you're right. And you've gone the next step of recognizing the connection between form and function like you know your anatomy dictates your physiology to a great degree you know it influences your physiology you know exactly what you're saying the obvious connections are the nuts and bolts you know like if you don't Mm -hmm. stack things your joints are going to get worn and torn Mm. and um, but it's also true that organ function depends on the nerve supply, the blood supply, the shape of uh, that the organ is given, the orientation, you know, like you can't just squish everything and expect it to work just fine. Yeah. I do a lot of pranayama and you really notice when you do the breathing exercises how, and also meditation, when you get this pain, you know, I've got a blockage here and it's it's not pain, it's not pain from... Um, from from sitting it's just that this is blocked and i've never used it properly so i can't so how long does it take to to to, to for your body to adjust to get the proper shape and you have to go through this pain a, a period of pain isn't there there is some yes but we have discovered increasingly efficient and effective ways and what we do right now is we've broken it down like all the little pieces that need to be learned in little 13-minute lessons that we're teaching online. So people learn one little thing. They learn it deeply. Mm -hmm. And it makes it easy to practice because they've only got one thing on their mind. Okay. And they remind them, they marinate in that all day. And we recommend using uh, digital devices to remind Mm. them to think of the thing. You know, it could be simple. It could be a shoulder roll. And in the lesson, we coach them to do it just so. A little bit higher, a little bit out, back. No, you moved your chest, you know. So we coach and we have a couple of views of the person. So it works extremely well. And then... They and they also get see a picture or two, and they you know they understand the anatomy of the area, why it's important to open that almost everything that goes to and from the arm runs right under the pecs, and so they get the concept intellectually, mm. visually, and kinesthetically, and that's part of our magic. That oh, that's such a great idea. Yeah. So they understand it. It looks right. It feels right. And then over time, we've been adding more arrows in our quiver, you know, oh. technological ways, you know, like people have, we have sensors that they can put on their body to remind them when they're going astray. Um, and then we also use art like today, you know, I'm visiting someone and we show people old photographs oh yeah and yeah. old you know art from art from cultures and periods of history when people knew how to use their bodies and right. that's inspiring it's like a gift from the past or a gift from another culture 
that inspires people because it really hits home. Like, wow, this is not just made up. It's not random. It's the way my ancestors used to be. And it's the way people who function well are. So it's very inspiring. And then we also have started importing the, some of their other practices like dance moves and um, music to, insp- to make it fun to repeat the learning, you know, like if it's sitting lessons, it's boring, (laughs) you know, like the first time round you put up with sitting lessons, but after that, you don't feel like returning as often as it takes to integrate. Right. I love the idea of breaking it down into the, because I mean, I, in my just personal experience, I do my morning meditation, you know, and before I, you know, before I get up into the day, I like to get my body into the right shape. You know, I sit down and because I'm breathing, I'm, I don't know, I just, I'm breathing quite high after sleep and I just have to feel, get my spine into shape and I sit up straight and kind of gradually over almost an hour, I just kind of get into a nice shape and I'm breathing right. But then as I go through the day, I kind of lose that. Is there something in the background that's going or is that just outside my window? Let me just check. Just so. Oh, I think it's your window. Someone outside my window. I'm not familiar with this house and the sounds. So, that's so yeah, but have, that, having that reminding you all throughout the day is just fantastic. It really is. And, if, and it's not overwhelming. So that peace marinades in the system. And then they're ready for the next nugget. So it's nugget after nugget, breakthrough after breakthrough. And at the end of 18 lessons, it's a transformed structure. Yeah, and I love the examples you use as well as the, because the most beautiful women throughout history of, you know, when you see the sculptures and, you know, the paintings, they're just with a straight spine, with a, with a J spine, as you, as you, you discussed. I also heard in your, in your videos, you're, you talk about as having a tail as a, as a fantastic technique to, to remind us. Yeah. Uh, how does that Especially work? for children, put your dragon tail out behind you. Ducky butt, not tucky butt. <laughs> oh, that's a nice one. Yeah. For some, for songs, every step is a rep. That could be good. <laughs> hey, hey, I'll write the song. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, uh, so, so what? So, do should we imagine these beautiful Greek goddesses when we're thinking of good posture, or you know, what does good posture look like? So, different people respond to different cues. Like for some people, it's visual. For some people, they need, you know, more kinesthetic or more intellectual cues. Some people really need technology to believe what, you know, what, what they... Just a minute. I seem to have lost battery. And that is a bit strange. Let me just make sure my computer isn't going to die. Uh-oh. I think we had a power outage. Okay, I see what happened. It's an old home and everything is a little creaky. Are you in Stanford? No, I'm actually visiting Boston. Ah. <laughs> I'm in a home that is like a living museum. Oh. A Japanese museum. Everything here, you know, these are all the sumo throws. Oh. Yes. Everything in this home is either Japanese or Irish. <laughs> Old and inspiring, and I needed that. So, and she has been completely sequestered, as have I been, so it's safe for me to be here okay wonderful so what should 
like imagining, um, it's like bringing out a photograph of one's ancestors as far mm-hmm. back as you have evidence of her or an old painting is something that is very compelling because it's visual. It's also works its way through your intellect. You know, it tells you, this is my heritage. This is my genetic stock. What happened? And I like for people to almost have a sense of indignation. Like, you know, why, what happened? What was I not bequeathed? That is my... You don't think they were just they were just standing up straight just for the photo and then afterwards they kind of No, not the case because you no. see people in photographs at work, you know, and and we also have their skeletons, their bones, their clothing. Right, yeah, yeah. And so you can see like any if you go to a vintage clothing store, you know, there's a lot more material in the front and there's a mm. tiny bit of material in the back because the chest was expanded. The shoulders were very close together in the back. So mm. it's, you see, there's lots of evidence. Um, and that helped a lot. It helps when your clothing is like that. No, I mean, it helps to. It reflects the posture, but it also perpetuates the posture. Mm. And that unfortunately is also true in a negative direction. Like today, the shoes that our teenagers wear are like straight up and down, reflecting their fallen arches, their pronated feet, mm. and internally rotated legs. But it also perpetuates that, you know? Yes. And yeah. so our car seats, for example, the headrests, which are now called head constraints, neck constraints, mm-hmm. yeah? Mm-hmm. They come increasingly forward because they have they're designed I to prevent um, uh, you know in in the case of an accident you don't want to have whiplash so they come to meet people where they're at which is increasingly forward and now we're stuck with this you know there is no way to I know that since I've started sitting up a lot more straighter, I'm just so uncomfortable in in public transport airplanes car my own car. I just have to, st- I have to sit a cushion behind, you know, the bucket seats are just so uncomfortable for me now. You know, really? you're ruining my life there. I mean, I've, I can't, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> well, the good thing is you can almost always modify chairs. And right. Oh, yeah, I stuff cushions behind and blankets yeah. behind. And-, and, and even better, if you have something which has sticky a frictiony surface, right, right. then you can actually put traction into your back while you sit. And that makes sitting not only comfortable, but even therapeutic. But we don't fit into modern society now. Don't you feel that, you know, when you're driving, I know I feel when I'm sitting bolt upright and everyone in the car is, you know, slouching back. And I feel kind of like a weirdo, you know, I'm very comfortable. You know, I've got my chest out. I'm drying, I'm sitting up bolt upright by I look weird. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully you're beaming it out because people do copy what's around. And, you know, my goal is to increasingly infect people with these older, wiser ways so that we're, yeah. we reach a threshold number and we're beaming it out and people have, as you know, like better models to to mimic but i'm gonna have to start going down to town on horseback just so that i can you know be comfortable you know yeah well it you know even if it looks unusual there's something compelling if it's really relaxed um but do you ever get that do you ever feel self-conscious do you ever just slump just to just to sink back in no have you been doing this so long now that uh... it's natural for me to be upright and relax so it's not that i have something to let go and now i'm going to if i let go i'll stay right here right i'm not doing anything to be upright my chair is holding me tall my shoulders are ratcheted back i'm not doing any I'm not making an effort. Mm. From time to time, I'll make an effort to go a little taller, to go a little further back and down, just as an exercise. But that will be for one minute. 
So if you put your consciousness now in your shoulders, would they drop like a centimeter slightly? The plates, or? I am, well, they will go, yes, they'll go a little further back and a little further down. And it's not, it, I'll pull them down and back as an exercise. You just relax. Yeah. No, as an exercise, I'll do more. I'll oh, you do that, yeah. Be active, yeah. So I am already relaxed, but I would mm. pull them a little bit further back to make gains over time. Mm. And, you know, because certain muscles could use a little more tone. Mm. In my in my meditations, I, in my meditations, I've noticed my where I'm at. I don't know if you're getting too deep into my posture now, but I've noticed that my nipples and my navel are moving gradually further apart as I sit, as I drop my spine and my chest goes up and out of it. And it's quite a strange stretching experience, which can be painful around the midriff as I find my true shape. <laughs> Have you experienced this? Yeah, or is this just I, me? I remember an experience where I felt suddenly very distant from my feet. Like, mm. like whoa. This must be like fat people suddenly be able to see their feet. Yeah. Experiences in our own body. I'll tell you another thing. I was on these Vipassana courses, these 10-day meditation retreats. Have you ever tried them? I've done seven and five day Zen meditation retreats. Okay. I've not done 10 days. Well, you're sitting in silence, so you don't do it. You do, you don't do any walking meditation or anything. So you're sitting down a lot and um, you see people, you really get into, it'd be very interesting for you. You probably wouldn't be getting meditating done because you'd be looking at all the people with their postures experimenting because they, they go out all these cushions, oh, you know. And the cushions get higher and higher as the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah it's comical to see some of the mounds of cushions over the week i know this phenomenon very well yeah <laughs> so so what is is i know you i know that you're going to answer you're going to tell me i'm going to ask anyway so is the is the best posture to sit on the ground without any cushions and just to pretend you have a tail and uh that Posture is not available to most modern Western folk. It's they're not going to get there. Actually, and and you don't want to try to get there because that posture is only available to people who grew up doing it. In all the years that you are, um, that your joints are getting ossified, like when we're born. Yeah. The knee area, the hip socket, the ankles are all cartilage. Mm. No bone there. And then on a very particular schedule, those joints get ossified. Those So in acetabulum, mm. the hip socket, for example, the first pair of bones gets ossified and fixated at age two. The last oh. pair gets ossified at age 16. And all the positions you assumed during that period, I'm conjecturing, influence the way your ossification pattern happens. And once it's set, it's set in bone. And then you don't get to edit it. And people who insist on doing a full squat, for example, as an adult Western person, they don't do the same squat that an Indian villager does. They cannot. They cannot do the same acute angles at the ankles, mm. knees, hips. And so what they end up doing is a com compensation with a lot of rounding in the back, with pronation in the feet. And it's not only not achievable, it's actually unhealthy for them to be pushing in ways that are not mm. true to their culture. So, so you're telling me I've, all these years of pushing myself through the pain barrier on the meditation mat have been... Torch, torture, wasted. I think pushing through pain is misguided. Pain, no sensations. And well, if it's sensations, if that's one thing. But if it keeps being a, a noxious sensation, you, we have to ask mm. ourselves, you know, what is that? Because nature took millions of years to design pain, 
And then to ignore it or try to kill the messenger or override the messenger, whether it's with your mind or it's with a cortisone shot or whatever, with medications, is missing the message. Mm. And I, Gosh, what I mean, please go on. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I know it's a little bit shocking. <laughs> to I know because I've been. I managed to force myself in. I managed to sit now in the um, padasama, you know, the the um, lotus pose, and that was so much pain to get into that. I mean, yes, sitting on the meditation mat, sweat pouring off me as my ligaments stretched. So. I have a lot to say about this, you know. I All right, go, go ahead, because this is just... very culture-specific. What people should... What is natural for people to do is culture-specific. Like, you know, we're all born with approximately the same genetic material, but then there are cultural influences on your structure. And if you did not squat every time you went to the bathroom and you did not sit cross-legged to eat every meal... Then, and you were sitting on a commode and you were sitting at a dining table and then later on in your 30s and 40s and 50s to decide you suddenly want to do this, you want to be a village Indian, it doesn't work. <laughs> um, you know, it just doesn't work and people pull oh. and push and they distend their ligaments and there's a lot of damage. I see it again and again. So what I tell people is you need to be like use props that to make to so that you can get the good part of the pose and the, and so for example the japanese just you know invented a zafu those round meditation cushions because that's what it takes for someone from a cold country like japan to sit cross-legged in meditation in a healthy way it took them hundreds of years to you know uh, zofu zofu is it called zafu Zafu. Okay, I'll, I'll Google that. Yeah. And you know, for modern Western people, often that isn't sufficient. What we need is a chair. And to perch on the edge of a chair, that's what it takes to achieve a truly relaxed J-spine, you know. Mm-hmm. And forcing oneself on the floor without any props rarely works. No, I see no one else doing it in the meditation class. And maybe, maybe you were you were raised with, but if it hurts so much, I mean, I'll be happy to give you my opinion if you want to send me a picture of you sideways, you know, where I can okay. see your back. Oh, well, I would definitely do yeah. that. I mean, I since I've heard about the J-spine, I do try to stick my bottom out a lot more. You don't want to stick it out. You well, I relax to, and I Yeah, flops. I place yeah. it. But if you have a cushion or so, like, for example, I'm sitting on the chair I designed. And it has a built-in wedge, you know. So yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So that when I sit with my sits bones behind me, my bottom is naturally out, and it's easy for me to stack. I don't have to make any effort to be upright. Like my back is completely relaxed, and it has a a J spine. And it's beautiful. We have these sensors that we use to actually help people know what the shape of their spine is. And uh, usually we start, it's called spine tracker, and it's five sensors. And then we show them where they're beginning. And then we show them where they've come to by the end of the course. So that's, that's very cool because then you can really see it. And you can see like, oh, I'm arching my back to be upright and something. Yeah, because you said that people can really hurt themselves by a, a friend of my um, friend of my girlfriend. She's a, she's done ballet for years, you know, and so, and she, she has, to us, you know, she looks like the perfect posture, super straight, but she has, she actually caused terrible back pain for herself through this. Yeah. So what was she experiencing? Was she just too straight? She didn't have like a J-spine? What do you think? In modern ballet, people are encouraged to tuck their pelvis. Tuck, that's what I thought. And then there's only one way, there are two ways to be. You can relax, in which case you're going to slump. And then when you're on stage, you tense to be upright. And that makes sense. So the upper body looks very upright and open, but it's at the cost of the lumbar spine. So I know this 
phenomenon well because that's where I come from. You know, I used to be a gymnast, ta-da, you know, especially female gymnasts have a lot of pressure on them to arch their spine. At the end of every routine, you throw Yeah, 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 yeah. Only the female gymnasts do that. And there's also pressure on female models to kind of stick their chest out, stick their bum back. And in the sex industry, there's a lot of pressure. So females have more pressure on them to have an arch in their spine and to, you know, and they're also more apt to be good little girls growing up. So I, I, this arching of the back is very, very common in women. Mm-hmm. But sticking a, what's it called with the dance where you stick your bottom out the back? Is that twerking? Uh, twerking, yes. So is that posturally more correct? It can be done well, but it can also be done poorly. And that's true of almost everything. Ah. Yes, it depends where the impetus is coming from. If it's just the pelvis moving, that works. But if it's from higher up in the spine and you're arching your upper lumbar area that's a problem ah so there's good twerking and bad twerking yes okay i must be good good bending and bad bending and good sitting and bad sitting and good basketball playing and bad basketball playing everything can be done in a way that's constructive or destructive yeah but we're only going in one direction now with all the like you say the children's car seats and um yeah, or everything around the cinema seats, the, I mean, go on and on and on. We're not, it's not encouraged to sit up straight. It's not encouraged to. Well, we're encouraged to sit up straight with just those words, sit up straight. Parent will tell yeah. their kid. And, then, and the result is that the kid thrusts out their chests and to compensate for the rounding in the upper back. And now they've got two problems instead of one. So Mm -hmm. the fix is no better than the problem, the way we teach it. We have a lot of misguidelines, you know, like it's very unfortunate that we got posture even more wrong than we got diet. (laughs) That's pretty messed up. So that's saying, but do you think there's like a mental aspect as well? Because when you, you know, when you see a child who's slouching or, you know, the, the shoulder blades are so in and like, you're crawling up into a ball, you know, it's protection and rounded spine. It's just, it goes both ways. So it can reflect, Hmm. no, not episodic grief. There's research on this, but stained grief and trauma, but it can also by creating the posture, just musculoskeletally by putting the kid in a poorly designed car seat, giving them poorly designed chairs, carrying them poorly. Uh, so then you're giving them the posture of grief and then it might, becomes much, or depression, it becomes much easier to succumb to depression. And, you know, it's, there's a connection between posture and mental state. Yeah, yeah, There's people showing this. So like if you have open up, body posture it's much harder to be depressed it turns out and they've done there's a new zealand study 2017 fmri so you can see what the brain is busy uh-huh. with and they show these subjects images and if they have open posture it's much harder for, like if they are like this then they have depressive kind of brain thinking patterns but when they're open it's much harder to induce those yeah it makes sense you know and also when you walk into a new place or a busy bar restaurant or you're going to work and you know it's sometimes hard to put your chest out and project this confidence if that's not your if you're not a type a mega personality you you feel walking in with this this kind of posture you feel a bit like too self-important maybe or too So, you know, there's so many different kinds of postures. So if you're thrusting out your chest and you, Mm. you know, you're, you're showing an A type personality, that's one thing. But if you're just open and a combination of rooted and available to life, that doesn't communicate arrogance or, you know, there is a steadiness, a sense of self 
and but also an openness and availability. And so I, you know, I don't want people to think that yeah, having good posture is necessarily uh, connected with extroversion or um, an A-type personality or arrogance or no, there, there are a lot of positive, peaceful states that go with uh, open architecture in your body. Maybe it's, maybe it's cause I'm like six foot tall and I'm hanging around with a lot of short people. So a lot. And so I feel like, you know, that's a bit awkward sometimes, you know, and to get... because it's relatively new too. So you're still, mm. you know, in transition phases, we still haven't grown into our new skin entirely. So, you know, you have to calibrate that people will respond to a certain way. You'll respond. It's a whole recalibration of how you are in the world. I used to live in the Netherlands and there was a lot easier there because I was one of the shorter yeah, people. They're, so. they're the tallest people in the world. My mother <laughs> is of Dutch. My mother is Dutch. So I know it well. Did, I've, did you get that from your mother? Or? Um, I'm 5'8", so not very oh, tall. No, but still. Not still, short. Still good. Yeah. Okay. So, so what are, for the, obviously people need to go to your website and sign up to this, but maybe you could just go through what are the eight steps to with the, with the go clay method to that everyone could do now. So what I described in the book and, you know, I teach it differently when I'm, so we have 18 lessons, so that's different. But in what I've described in the book are stretch sitting, so that is oh, yeah. sitting. I saw that one. It's good videos on them. When yeah. you use a backrest, when there is a backrest, you might as well use it to put some gentle stretch in your back. That's right. Yeah. And then there's stretch line. When you're on your back, you can be stretched out and using the bed as a traction unit, more or less. To get space in the spine. Yes. And to let okay. the discs rehydrate and the nerves not be impinged and the muscles reset to a longer resting length. Ah, okay. And then there's stack sitting, which is what I'm doing right now, which is where you position your pelvis in an antiverted way, which is difficult to do when you don't have a cushion cross-legged on the ground, right? Um, yeah. You know, if you have well-developed glutes, then that is your cushion. Mm -hmm. until, until you develop that, you want an external cushion to help tip your... Ah, so you do recommend when you're meditating... Absolutely. Knees on the ground and a cushion under the bottom. Correct. And okay. that doesn't work, you know, depending on the person's structure and stiffness, a chair the front edge of a chair cushion on a chair tipped um and so that the spine has a j shape and naturally moves up and down with the breathing which is how it keeps itself healthy this okay. carries precious cargo and you want it to be in motion even when you can't it's not practical to be exercising and in motion all day but you would like the spine to be in motion and the way you achieve that is by being well stacked, upright, and relaxed. And now the lungs can expand mm. in this direction. Yeah, just diaphragm down, stomach out. That's not the way I teach it. No, okay, gosh. I'm just <laughs> Please go on, please. You know, it's, um, yeah, I know that that's taught in meditation circles, but your lungs are here. And this direction of expansion is a very natural one we teach. Mm. And it's what mm -hmm, functions yeah. your ribcage to be fuller and more, a, a bigger breathing chamber. So you don't do diaphragmatic breathing? Not as a default. That mm. is like a reserve kind of breathing. And people who I see who do mainly belly breathing and suppress their chest breathing, have very underdeveloped chests and keep their belly muscles very flaccid because that's the only way they're available for expansion, mm. easy, easy expansion. So I think that you want to breathe this way. You want to breathe up and down in your back 
Mm-hmm. Keep all of that in motion. It's necessary. You want to breathe this way because you want a nice full chest, you know, like this woman has. Mm. Don't get that from breathing in your belly all day, every day. You need to be breathing in your chest to create that healthy stress on your ribs to be mm. fuller and more available for breathing. And so, and you want to be able to breathe in your belly, but not have it be the de- default. Oh, that's the first thing I'm going to disagree with you about. The rest of everything else I've had 100%, but just from my own meditation experiences, I know, first of all, that people breathe breathe too much. From my experiences, it's when you're stressed and you're taking short breaths and you're breathing too much air as well. Breathe like so, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Don't breathe. Problem. That's a problem. So I call that neck breathing. When they move the shoulders up when you're yeah, breathing, yeah. That's a problem. Everyone agrees on that. But yeah. best breathing. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. So I think the di- I think diaphragm, you're breathing just the diaphragm belly belly doesn't go out, but the diaphragm goes down. That's good. And compresses compresses the organs and they but it's not a lot because And so and you're saying the chest doesn't move? No, I'm saying chest no movement. Okay, so there we have a disagreement, but okay, yeah. So, and I think when you're meditating, you can do whatever you want. When you're doing chi, mm. you can do whatever you want. They tuck their pelvis a little bit; it's not a problem for an hour. But mm. what I'm teaching is what happens all day, every day. And it, but the diaphragm is 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 your breathing muscle that doesn't get you know that should be a main muscle. It's the breathing muscle now. I mean, it's kind of what it's there for now. Yeah. So, and I think it's there for extra breathing. And when you need control, if you're singing, if you're playing the saxophone, you need the diaphragm to help get Mm. the control you need. Also, if you're running, you need every expansion avenue of expansion available. Mm -hmm. But if you're sitting around on the sofa talking to your friend and it's your belly moving exclusively, that's usually because the belly muscles are not well toned Hmm. and because the muscles between the ribs the intercostal muscles are a little tight and stiff and the erector spiny muscles are short and tight and disallowing the back from going up so so yeah we have a disagreement there okay (laughs) but also the side muscles i you know when i'm walking i use them that's really that's a lovely experience too reading out the side Totally agree with that. I just think that if you're missing this, you know, like then your chest becomes the shape that it was when you were five years old, you know, whenever Mm. you stopped breathing in your chest, then it doesn't have that healthy stress. Like, you know, like if you look at my book, if you look at the frontispiece, you have this African carpenter and the sternum is like 60 degrees relative to the vertical and if you look, you mean the chest is naturally up up yeah and that comes from the healthy stress of breathing in here right. and if you don't have that then it just stays however mm. it was shaped when you stopped breathing right right chest. yeah they do they, i mean the the aborigines the um the the africans the the amazonians have this lovely kind of barrels chest and yes. Uh, yes long spine and the j spine yeah. and it's and that yeah. is fashioned in part in my view by the breathing and you know like you that's like yeah oh well i have to i'll have to look into it again i'm not ruling out let's just i think <laughs> like it's like with diet it's like with exercise yeah, everybody's different body. yeah you've got to you've got to listen to your body you know don't don't listen to don't let other people do your thinking for you. So, And I do think that for people who are used to breathing like this, to give that a break. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, to give yeah. that a break, <sighs> breathe in the belly, that's very helpful. But I do think that this area, the lungs are here. Why would they not expand in this direction? And it's mm. what I observe in babies and mm. kids and indigenous people. This area moves just mm. Mm. In, in their everyday breathing. And the belly does as well, but and then it moves a lot when you need control. 
Mm. With the yogic breathing, you definitely do. You start low, move out the sides, even the back, the chest. It's just a foot. Even the shoulders go up a little. It's a full on breathing. You could talk for hours about breathing. Totally. <laughs> and, um, you know, that is a special practice. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I teach people how to belly breathe, you know, Pastika Pranaya. Oh, yeah, yeah, all yeah. with the belly. And it's very helpful to know how to belly breathe and to be able to do it when you need it. But if so, yeah, it's the default yeah, so, breathing. It's the everyday breathing that I'm describing. And do you do you work with children a lot? You mentioned that you have we some. We do. And we have um, adults come. Their parents come and mm -hmm. learn with them because you know that's who's going to influence them that's who's going to buy their chair and give them reminders and so we're actually writing a book about parenting for children uh for good posture and um lots of ideas you know parents and how parents can help foster good posture in kids and all your children have amazing posture they do i have to say <laughs> younger too because you know with the older one i didn't know what i was doing in the beginning and then she had to learn it later with the younger two you know i knew i only had them because my back was better and mm. i knew how to carry them and remind them and do all the increasing number of measures to help their posture yeah so they do and they're very it's kind of striking because they are world-class athletes like the ultimate frisbee the younger oh. people have played on team usa and won international competition several my son four times so it's kind of striking how well their structure has supported gosh what an advantage in life because yeah it's like you know it's like diet and and as we we're saying with the Everything's so messed up. We, you know, we having to relearn breathing and posture. I mean, if you if you get it as a child, then that's just such an advantage, you know, not to have to think about. It is. It really is. Yeah, I mean, so much. You don't realize. I hope people are sitting up straight listening to this, but uh, you don't realize how much more energy, you know, how tired you feel with your posture affects your posture, and it's just such. I'm just so happy to be able to speak to you like this because I think it's just such a fundamentally important thing that's yeah, it's like another load for wellness of it is. all kinds it is and it's just i mean the work you're doing is just so fantastic i think you know i hope i hope we've i've drive more people to you to your to your work and to your and you're still i can't believe you're 60 you're just so beautiful and you're glowing i mean i've always had a thing for for posture but you know you're just just so so beautiful to see you now as this it's just uh, that's very kind no no it's uh, it's very inspiring you're 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 a wonderful advocate you you practice what you preach and you know there's the living proof i'm trying still a work in progress but i yeah. do feel very fortunate to have this advantage really this this little secret nugget you know in living life better it's huge and i know i know the downside of it i lived the downside of having of posture so i i thank my lucky stars every day yeah well that's probably true with so many people that because to teach other people you have to have tremendous patience and you're only going to get that patience if you've been in their position yeah well you know what i've what i've discovered is like you don't there's a lot you can teach very quickly and very, if you do it with enough finesse, mm -hmm. it's quite striking how, how much can be transmitted in a short time. Yeah. So, so the one-on-one -on -one classes, you're still doing them? You're I'm still doing them. And then I, what we've also begun, like I, every day at 9.45 in the morning, we, I teach, I remind all of our, I, I teach one little, two exercises with better posture. We're about to open to this, this to the public. It's only been available to alumni. And next week we're opening it to the public. 
where oh, wow. come and learn to exercise better. You know, so I, it's called one to three move. So it's two yoga poses or dance moves or ex, traditional exercises that play out one movement principle. And then I use three images to clarify. So, and so, and then it's preceded by a 15 minute dance party just to get everybody's energy up for the day. Gosh. And this is online? This is online. So how can people go there? So we're about to open it to the public next week. Right now, it wouldn't be visible to anyone except for alumni. But in a week, we'll have it on our website and they can just sign up uh-huh. and sign up for a month. It's going to be less than a dollar a day. Um, Gosh, well, I'm done. It's a go. <laughs> Obviously, we're in a major, majorly different time zone. So and we're also we're also providing. So in addition to my program, we're providing a fitness program. Like they can come for 25 minutes, six days of the week. It's like having a personal trainer with the Go Play filter. So they're going to do their workouts, but they'll be coached in um, maintaining a J spine and not thrusting out their ribs and such. So that's another piece we've just added. We're trying to provide people how to be fitter without injury. So that's what this program is. Wonderful. Uh, and what else? What, any, any other program? University. Yeah. And any other, any, other, any other events or upcoming books or covering talks? Always. Or... <laughs> yeah. We have, I, I mentioned the book for parenting and then we're, also writing a book that goes with the elements course, the 18 lesson, you know, each one 13 minutes. So that book is going, is being written and uh, yeah, it's exciting. Gosh. Well, I mean, I have to, I completely forgot. I have to write a song about this. So, <laughs> but uh, luckily I'll record it. I'm glad you have that talent. I can't imagine <laughs> what kind of song you're going to make. Out of it. Well, I think it's just got to be about the beauty of the J-spine because it's just, it's always been a thing for me. It's just the most beautiful. I mean, some, so you know. The, inspiring, the, the, right? It's yeah. so that, that, that combination of openness, relaxation, dig, natural dignity, poise, um, self-assuredness. Yeah. It's just absolutely. so sexy. I mean, it's just i saw it's just you know the backless dress you know that's people think you know the cleavage is the or the or the twerking but just that spine you know yes yes with the nice fantastic. even groove yeah oh, stop it it's stop it <laughs> <laughs> okay okay i'm gonna have, to have a cold shower now so <laughs> thank you so thank much. you very much no, thank you, Esther. I had a f- fantastic time talking to you. I just, you know, you're your right. energy, you're it's just so inspiring. And- out of it. I have never done an interview like this, and I'm just eager to see what you make of it. My goodness. Oh, don't worry, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Jack. Bye, Esther. Some men like big girls, some like I'm small. Some men like short ones, others like I'm tall. Some are into bottoms, others into breasts. But she's got something that's by far the best. She's a fine, make her mine. It's a spine. I'm in love with a perfect posture. She's like a ray in a darker night. And you know that I wanna get with her. It's so sexy how she stands up to straight. I'm in love with a perfect posture. It's like she's powered by some strength inside. That's the reason a girl was made for. That's the back that I wanna ride. Other girls cower, other girls bow With rounded backs, heads bent low She's like a beacon, tall in the night Bright example of how it's done right She's so fine, make her mine It's a spine I'm in love with a perfect posture She's like a ray in a darkened night And you know that I wanna get with her It's so sexy how she stands up so straight I'm in love with a perfect posture It's like she's powered by some strength inside That's the reason a girl was made for And that's a brag that I wanna ride
too late I've rounded shoulders, my back isn't straight I know that she is out of my reach But I want to learn if she's willing to teach The way she stands, it's so grand Please command Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review it on your podcast app or search out the song on any of the major music services. Or you can download directly from podsongs.com. Buying the song directly is the best way you can help us financially. Thanks to Maurizio Sanicola and Massimino Vodza for working with me on the music and Dori Verba, my researcher. And thanks to you, the listener. See you next time.